live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports Midweek OTA. I'm Jason Springer with a, a very tan and rested Jeffrey Cohen. How are you doing over there? They even have video that they can see of you so rested and relaxed right now. I don't know about rested, but I played around a golf poorly, but I played around a golf the other day with my kids. So I don't know. Play as good as the guys at the PGA Championship? Uh, no. And I, I, I think I lost a record number of golf balls. We decided to go down to Maryland as a, uh, uh, a goodbye round of golf before I send my kid off to college. And uh, so we played Bully Rock, which is one of the nicest courses in the country. And also one of the hardest for me because I lost several sleeves of golf balls. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure it was great time with your son uh, enjoying these last few weeks before you guys go out to college, trek across country. Uh, not a great time for him as a college sports fan, though, Jeff. Uh, he's going to go in. Not, uh, not a great time for most people in college sports, uh, you have two conference as of the time that we're doing this, we have two of the power five conferences that have said no fall sports. Are you surprised? My first question. I'm only surprised because last week they were putting out schedules. So a week ago, it looked like we were going to have college football or at least the effort to have it. Uh, all of a sudden, in a very short period of time, what do we hear? Sunday night was all of a sudden there was going to be this emergency meeting between the Power Five conferences, and then things were leaking out of those meetings, which is no surprise, especially since the conferences don't seem to be on the same page, and even teams within the conference don't to be, seem to be on the same page. And players on those teams don't seem to be on the same page. So, so far, the Big Ten has postponed their fall season. The Pac-10 has postponed their fall season. Uh, it seems like you're younger than me. You got to get it right. No, I, I grew up with the Pac-10. Pac-10 to me. No, I, no, I, I refuse to adjust. I still call yeah. it the Pac-10. I still call it the Pac-10. I don't care how many teams they play in it. That's what they are. Are Penn State, Rutgers, and Pitt still independents? No, they're in. They're, they're the big. <laughs> um, of course, Rutgers they, good recruiting class, and there's no football, Jeff. That's just kind of how it works for me. Well, 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 see, but here's the problem with what you just said, and it's it's what I, I've been hearing from a lot of people all day in the last couple of days, which is there's no know. college football. There's no, no, no. I'm not picking on you. There's no college football. What is the difference if they wait till the spring, things get better, and they play? Do there should be no loss in revenue. Think there should play. be no loss of anything, huh? Do you think they'll play in the spring? I think colleges want to play in the spring because they want the revenues. That's This is all about money. It's having kids on campus. It's having games on TV. They ask they want fans in the stadium, but they need the revenues to run these athletic departments, to run these programs, and you are going to see huge financial problems if they do not play football at all in this year, be it fall or spring, whenever it is. So I think they're going to make every effort to play in the spring. It's just hard to sit here right now and say that's going to happen because there's just so many uncertainties up until, like you said, a couple of days ago, it's, yeah, we're definitely going to play blah, blah, blah. And now it's, we're worried about heart conditions and we're worried about this and we're worried about that as they should be, but it just, and it doesn't seem like everybody's accepted it yet that this is what's happening. Yeah. But if the, if they're saying let's wait until the spring in the hopes that either we have a vaccine in the hopes that there's some other potential resolution, in the hopes that they can get it together 
and actually have a plan for how they do this, including if it's in creating their own conference bubbles. It makes sense to do this right. And what we were talking about as recently as a month, a month and a half ago, was the eagerness with which coaches were getting their teams back when people like Lincoln Riley were saying, look, we're only going to get one shot at this. Let's not mess around. And what did you have? You had teams like Clemson who had like half of their team that was being quarantined. You had teams in the South that were having all these quarantine issues. And then you had some teams in the North that were having issues. They haven't figured it out yet. And what people don't understand is as much as college football and college basketball and college sports are part of colleges, that's not what colleges exist for. It's a way that's financed so that people like us have to pay less in tuition. But the fact of the matter is college is about education. And if you have presidents that are looking out for the best interest of students, and I will tell you, I don't know him that well, but I've, I, I know him well enough. People like the president of the University of Michigan is a doctor, a scientist who has studied these kinds of issues. I have no doubt, 100% in my mind and heart, that this man made this decision for the best interest of the students. But his Michigan State, with him. you know what? I don't give a crap what Jim Harbaugh's got to say. Jim Harbaugh has been popping his mouth off for years. And I'm telling you right now, he can say whatever he wants. He's not a scientist. And it's okay if coaches want to say they're standing up for their players. And they, ha they technically have to, because you don't want to be the one coach when it comes to recruiting that isn't standing up for your players. So they're put in that place. Now, Harbaugh's kind of gone over the line. There have a couple coaches that have kind of gone over the line. Dabo I, Sweeney. Ryan Day at Ohio State. Dabo Sweeney. Well, that, you know, here's what you do. If you're a coach... At this point, with everything that's going on, you come out and you say something to the effect of, look, we believe that we could do it safe. We know that we can trust our players and we're going to make sure that we're there every step of the way to make sure that nothing happens. And if anything does happen, we're going to look out for the best interests of our players. We want to play. You don't come out like a cowboy, like Dabo Sweeney, and say, we'll play any team, anywhere, anytime. This is not the time to be cavalier. This and does a, matter. You know Nebraska said they want to play a team. Doesn't matter if they're in a conference. They here's, want to play the, football. here's the problem with Nebraska. Nobody wants them. <laughs> who, want, who wants Nebraska? Nebraska was a powerhouse when we they were playing them. Oklahoma every year. We just they haven't been. Since we have huh? in Nebraska, Jeff. I have nothing against the good people of Nebraska. I'm telling you, nobody cares where Nebraska, the football team, plays. If they want to leave the Big Ten, I'm sure that we can find somebody else in the Big Ten that'll just fit in nice and comfortable. It's interesting. On, on last week's show, you were talking about, the, the on our OTA specifically, you were talking about the players who um, were saying that they sort of wanted like a player's bill of rights. They wanted protections and they wanted... Now you've got the players with the we want to play stuff that then the coaches and politicians decided to hop on. What do you make of the argument from Trevor Lawrence and other places that the safest place for these players to be is on campus in a bubble as opposed to back in their communities? Do you, do you put any stock in that? I mean, I understand that I'm sympathetic. Have to you it. heard of Colorado State? 
Well, that's a whole story. No, no, it's not a different story. There, there are students who are saying, hold on, hold on, let me talk. There are students that say that their coaches are not looking out for the best interest of them. And now you have other players that are and students who are saying their coaches do have the best interest. If you can't get everybody on the same page, what's the difference? That's the thing. I'm not going to ascribe that with the the situation at Colorado State where there are allegations that the coaches are covering up, not following protocols, putting players in risky situations. I'm not going to say that all colleges are doing that. But I think it's very difficult, a situation right now, to deal with this because you don't have consistency with, with teams. Not everybody's following the same protocols. Look what happened at Rutgers. They, they seem to be trying to follow protocols, and then a bunch of guys go to a party. And all of a sudden, half the team is in quarantine, and, and who knows what's going to happen there. I think they're part of the reason why there was a holdup with the Big Ten initially for then the relook now with the potential heart issues that people are talking about. Um, I've told you all along that college sports was the sport that worried me the most in terms of occurring in the fall. I hope you're right that it happens in the spring. I love college football, but I want it to be safe for people. I do too. I, I just don't know how you can have a hundred plus kids play a sport, watch them all. Let's face it. College for football is riddled with problems, riddled with rules breakers. Separate from COVID. My point is, if they can't follow those rules, what makes you think that they're going to follow all these? And if the coaches constantly say, we can't monitor all the kids that are taking payments and doing all the, and getting tattoos and getting all the other stuff that they're not supposed to get that were considered gifts and that they got sanctioned for, what makes you think that they're going to be able to monitor all hundred plus kids and everybody that's associated with the problem. They can't do it. And they're not showing the will to do it. Ryan day last week on a conference call got accused by Jim Harbaugh of breaking it a rule. And I didn't hear Ryan day say, I didn't do it. I heard Ryan day say, mind your own business. Okay. So now we're supposed to believe an opportunity for a shot at, at the Ohio state university. I took a shot at Harbaugh earlier too. Didn't I? I'm an equal opportunity shot taker when it comes to making sure that the students are protected. And if the students say we want hashtag, we want to play. That's fine. It's okay that they want to play, but it's not okay for them to sit there and think that the, the colleges should take risks with their lives. There's, are, are all of those students, every single one of them, going to sign a waiver? Because my guess is any of them that have an attorney or have an attorney in their family or have an attorney as a friend is going to say to them, don't you dare sign that waiver. Oh. Okay. So, the, so what are you supposed to do? All it's going to take is one kid having this heart condition that they were talking about. Okay. That lawsuit is going to blow up because we don't know the ramifications of this. So if it takes six months or five months to figure it out and they actually do figure it out, then we'll have spring football and it'll be perfectly fine. Maybe Trevor Lawrence won't play because he doesn't want to get hurt right before the draft. Maybe the NFL will move the draft. There's all sorts of things that can be done, but here's the, here's the one thing we know, just like uh, what's his name said in Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley months ago. You're only going to have one shot to get it right. So the question is, which team, which conferences and which universities are going to be so greedy that they're going to take their one shot when they don't know what it means? 
You know who's salivating at the open Saturdays right now is the NFL. Well, they got their own problems. They do have their own problems. They could salivate all they want. They, I just still don't think they're going to have a season. If they can make it work, they're going to try and spread their games out. To How are they going to make it work? Uh, look, I have concerns about them making it work, too. You see baseball now is talking about going into a bubble for their playoffs. It's, it is clear that, that leagues that go The Cardinals into, have missed 17 games. Leagues that go into a bubble. The NHL's done over 7,000 tests with zero mm-hmm. pop. Basketball still hasn't had a positive in their bubble. MLS, once they kicked out the club, they came in with the problems, didn't have problems afterwards. So clearly a bubble. Yet they're leaving the bubble. Baseball is investigating whether they can apparently do a bubble. I still haven't heard anything from the NFL other than the Saints who have said that they're going to maybe get a hotel that they can create their own bubble for their own players to be in. That's what? the bubble won't matter if the football players hit the other football players and stuff comes out of their mouth and their nose. It doesn't make a difference. You can create all the bubble you want. And Dr. Breakdown right there. We need to sponsor your uh, medical updates. Well, no. So here's one of the problems. There are uh, companies that are coming out now with face shields that are supposed to limit the amount that comes out. They don't want to wear them, right? Players are saying they won't wear them. So if you're not going to do, it's not going to in any way impact your game to have on the front of your face mask, lower this plastic that's going to prevent it from, from your droplets being spit onto the person that's hitting you or that you're hitting. If they're not willing to do those simple things and New Orleans creates a bubble and the, the Washington football team plays the Saints, and they're not in a bubble, and one of their guys is po- tested positive or hasn't tested positive yet. That's the worst part. Isn't, is asymptomatic, hasn't tested positive, and then goes and hits one of the guys on the Saints. Guess what? Bubble doesn't matter anymore. It just right. doesn't matter. So I don't understand why the NFL, with as much money as they have, they don't need to play in a stadium. We've talked for years about how the revenue in the stadium is the least important part of the NFL. There have been talk for years, will will there come a day when NFL doesn't need anyone in the stadium because the experience at home is so good and because of all the money that comes in from TV revenue? So why in the world can't they pick four cities and create four bubbles or six cities and six bubbles? Three bubbles in in, in cities. The NHL made it work with two. Mm-hmm. Now they had to leave the country to do it, but they they created it and it's worked and people are watching it and the product is great and the players seem safe and happy in it. So why would you not do this if you're the NFL knowing full well that this is going to be the worst possible situation? Because when the fall comes, if the flu season hits, like they say, then you don't know what you're getting. You want to move on from college? Uh, what do you I just to- have one more question about sports. I still don't understand why the MLS is leaving the bubble. Well, I mean, I guess they want to get these players back to their families, but I have the same concerns. It's worked so well for you at this point. You've got everybody in there in the protocol, and now you're going to take them back out. Um, I, just, I hope it works out, but obviously we have the same concerns uh, of any other league that's not in a bubble. Yeah now but i Mm -hmm. I guess that's why is is you know these they have families 
Yeah, you saw Claude Drew's wife tweet a, a picture of their their baby today saying 28 days since we've seen daddy. So there is the other side. Ah, of but how many days since the child has seen Gritty? <laughs> this is very true. Yeah. Life is always better with Gritty. Uh, Before we leave, we I don't know if you wanted to finish with the baseball talk. Because exactly how many games do the Cardinals have to miss before they have to just say, you know what, we're not playing anymore? Well, that's, I mean, they don't even know when to even think about practicing right now. Right. This is not getting better. Uh, This week you had Cleveland with their own situation. You believe what happened in Cleveland? What? With Plesak? And the the other pitcher who was with him. Did you see what happened? I think they... I, all I know is they Zach, sent him home. Zach Plesak went out in Chicago and they sent him home for violating protocol. They made him pick up a rental car and drive back. Apparently, Mike Clevenger, another right-hander, also went out and violated safety protocols with him. But he sat in the locker room with everybody while they talked about what Plesak did and flew back on the team plane before it came out that he was out with him. Oops. So, so now they're both quarantined for at least three days and they'll see what it is. They violate, like, I don't understand. What is so hard? Well, here's the simpler answer. If you do this, you're out for the season. Let the union fight for them. Uh, Cause I'd like to, the union is supposed to fight for what's best for the majority of, for the entire union group. If somebody in the union wants to jeopardize the health and safety of the other members of the union, let the union go ahead and say, we don't want that person suspended because I guarantee you most of the other players are going to say, I don't want to be around that guy. All right. I don't want to do a whole show on COVID. I do want to talk some sports, Okay. Uh, even though the sports are more maddening than the cancellation of the sports sometimes. Uh, So the Phillies did play some baseball this week, Jeff. Yeah. So let's talk about the bullpen. That's a good idea. Oh my God, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> tell everybody how much I blew up your phone. Over 13 to one. And all of a sudden I start getting text messages from you sa- saying that the bullpen's been, I'm going, what could have happened since I turned off the game? Seven so runs. Did I know they gave up seven, seven runs in the ninth. Freaking runs. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like this is ridiculous. Somehow they take an Aaron Nola great start where he gets 10 strikeouts. And the story becomes that two players can't get basically any outs and just give up a lot of long balls and home runs. So the bullpen right now, when leaving the game, Jeff, not from even behind, they have a 10.66 ERA. When pitching with the lead, they have given up 15 earned runs, 23 hits, five home runs in 12 (laughs) innings. By comparison, the Braves bullpen when leading is 0.56. Okay. You don't win baseball playing like this. Now, they have made some changes. Connor Brogdon is up today. Hey, hey. So is Blake Parker called up. Uh, Nick Pavetta optioned down to Lehigh Valley. Trevor Kelly and Nick Williams designated for assignment. Um, your thoughts on the moves? Will it help at all? Because I'm telling you, <laughs> the second... Connor I, Brogdon is a start. The second I see the bullpen door open, I get Ajda. <laughs> It's just, I really, I don't know what to tell you. The bullpen, the guys that have been coming out of the bullpen, I still sit there and go, who? Matt Klintak told me this bullpen was good enough. He told really? me that they had, when did you, arm. when did you have him on the show? Where was I? I was, I listened as a fan <laughs> and heard him tell everybody that we're good to go. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not. 
Have you ever heard a general manager say we're not good to go? Well, you the bullpen that I, you ever hear a general manager say, by, by the way, the bullpen that I assembled sucks. Well, <laughs> your, your, your favorite starter, Vinny Velasquez, put in his four innings. I enjoyed the fact that he was at 40 pitches in the second inning. I was blowing up your phone over that one. What do you mean you were blowing on my phone? I made a point. You said that you literally, you and your wife literally sit around waiting for the text message when yeah. I, when Vince Velasquez is pitching. So here, I want to know how long it will take for your head <laughs> to explode when they start Vinny Velasquez and have Spencer yeah. Howard work out of the bullpen the next game. That, that would be Friday. Yes. Yeah. They still haven't said which one's starting. I'm and one of them's going to start. Um, so, and, okay. And so it has to be Spencer Howard. You can't mess around with a young kid, start putting him in the ball, but you, you put him in the lineup and you let him pitch, let him throw I, baseball. I hear, here's the thing. I would Spencer Howard already has a better head on his, his shoulders than Vince Velasquez does when it comes I know to there baseball. Is no way you are making an argument for Vince Velasquez to be in the starting lineup. No, but I'm not, I'm not worried about whether or not it's going to hurt Spencer Howard's confidence. If he doesn't start Friday's game. I will tell you that it'll hurt the Phillies fans' confidence if Vince Velasquez starts Friday's game. Concerned at all with Reese Hoskins' struggles, played a little better last night. Uh, of all the players. No, he shaved the mustache. Everything's going to be fine now. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it, it was the mustache. Now that the mustache is gone, you will see a completely different Reese Hoskins. So they're back at it tonight, uh, starting a series against Baltimore. Mm -hmm. um, so we should expect Reese Hoskins to go crazy because he's got no more mustache. Absolutely. Yeah, he was already coming out of it yesterday. Yeah, he you did see it. He definitely had a better game last mm -hmm. night. You know who's upset about things? The NBA. About what things? NBA. You know why? 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 Zion's not making the playoffs, Jeff. I know. Isn't that I have been telling you since the beginning <laughs> of this that this was all set up and I, I think I even texted you the other day. Wouldn't it be awesome if the <laughs> Pelicans didn't even make the play in game and they are not gonna make the play in game? And what did they do? They sat Zion. Of course they did. Uh, we have to laugh at that because we'll cry about the Sixers. Ben Simmons has surgery on his knee, uh, reevaluated in two weeks. Joel Embiid hurts his ankle, catches it at the stanchion of the basket. He's out for tonight's Suns game. Uh, Keith Pompey tweeted the other night the players who might be out. I was going to reply back that it might be shorter just to tweet the players that are available. So for the game that's going on right now, Al Horford's out with left knee soreness. Josh Richardson's out with rest. Tobias Harris is out with ankle soreness. Embiid is out. Simmons is out. So that means we've got like Neto and... Well, so, the per so I was sitting in my car and that was read to me. And the next question to me was, who's going to score for the Sixers? <laughs> and so I don't know the answer to that question. Devin Booker. Kyle O'Quinn starting? What's going on? Here's my concern. We give like career highs to players left and right. Devin Booker yeah. on fire and the Suns haven't lost since they've been in the bubble. They still may not make the playoffs. All right. They haven't lost. I asked you this question, I believe last year. I might have even asked you the year before that. So I'm going to ask you again. Did I not? Devin, Devin Booker for Ben Simmons straight up. Do you doing it? Yeah. 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 I agree. <laughs> uh, not to say that Devin Booker is a better basketball player than no, Ben Simmons, but best. in this no, offense with this team, you need to have Devin Booker or somebody that can shoot the ball more than Ben Simmons' skills. Look, I, I don't believe that that Brett Brown, Joel Embiid, and Ben Simmons are going to figure this out. Or get me Lillard. Faith. I've just get me Lillard. Clutch. I've just lost faith that that they're going to get this right. 
Um, I just frustrating. I mean, you, you know, it's frustrating to watch these games. The flyers though, are not frustrating. They are a well-oiled machine. And for people that always liked the broad street bullies kind of hockey, oh, has anybody even I- noticed that this team has completely evolved into the opposite of that and are incredibly fun to watch. They outscored the top three seeds in the Eastern Conference in the round robin, 11 to three. They are deep. They roll four lines. They have a clutch young goalie with a strong backup. Uh, I'm really excited to see what this team does. Tiny problem, tiny problem. They're running up against Carey Price. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, and and Montreal's obviously hot after after winning. They're a 12 seed that advances, including the round robin in regular season. The Flyers are 17, 6, and 3 against the seven teams remaining in the field. Uh, they were 2, 1, and 0 against the Canadians this season. And, you know, Carey uh, Price is Carter Hart's mentor. That's who he wanted to be like. So it's, you know, student against teacher kind of thing you got going on there with the goalies. It should be a fantastic series. Well, it's, he's, also, he's also a future Hall of Famer. Yes. I mean, Carey Price is that good. If every year when they ask the players who are the best goalies in the NHL, the players have him as one or two. Will people start to give Ron Hextall the credit he deserves for helping to build this nucleus? All right. Can I can I answer that question with a question? Sure. Did Pete, did the Phillies fans give Ed Wade the credit he deserved? Yeah, we don't do that. No. Right? So then you, I just answered your question with my question. All right. Ron Hextall will not get credit for the credit that he deserves. Anything else? It's just not the way it works here. Anything else you want to talk about before uh, we hit the road? Hey, did you see the ratings for the PGA Championship? No. They were huge. I know you hate when I do ratings, but they, they were up 60, <laughs> they were up 60% over 2019 mm-hmm. with the mm-hmm. biggest gains, an 80% increase in 18 to 49. So I get that golf tends to have an older spectator sport, but the the PGA Championship is is this year's viewers, eighteen to thirty four was up seventy six percent over last year. That's huge for the future of golf. Uh huh. Just saying. I, well, uh, uh, it's it's the young players. You engage with me on the. Uh, for- no, 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 because I, okay, I'll get past the ratings part, <laughs> and I will tell you that golf has always been that good. And it's gotten better because there are so many. I know that Tiger Woods brought the game to the level it did, but everybody said once Tiger Woods was no longer Tiger Woods that it was going to drop off. It hasn't dropped off. There are lots of young, personable talents out there, and there's one particular one unpersonable talent out there in Bryson DeChambeau. Everybody but, needs a villain, Jeff. I, I don't know why. Why is hot, Why is golf always... Who's going to be the villain in golf? Do we really need a villain in golf? Love it's it. golf. But I'll tell you, Colin Morikara, who won this weekend, is the kind of guy who could be the face of golf. I mean, he's that good. And and did you see him with Steph Curry? Yeah, that was fun. The post that that was great, especially his comment where he said his caddy was a Warriors fans, but he wasn't. <laughs> the back and forth engaging was great, Jeff. Uh, before we sign off, any final thoughts for today? Uh, let's hope that the Sixers get 70 tonight. That would certainly be fun. We'll be back with you Friday at 4 p.m. Make sure to announce some guests on the Facebook page, on the Twitter account, and uh, talk to you live on ESPN on Friday. Jeff, have a good one. Ciao.